Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am truthfully glad that you decided to join us today. I have once again my dear friend Steve Jarrett from the mission. And um, we were just talking about the fact that this, uh, this month I first addressed the Union Gospel Mission and was introduced as the incoming uh, director of the mission. And then in August, I, I came to work there. I've been grateful. And one of, the, one of the amazing things about coming to the mission has been the people that are there. And the guy sitting across from me, from me right now it is one of those amazing people that I got to share my life, this part of my life with, and I am grateful all the time. His name is Steve Jarrett. He was with us last week on the radio program. I got him yeah. back because we didn't much finish all that stuff. I'm here again. He's here again. And so uh, so Stephen and I have known each other these 17 years, and it's been good, and I, you know what? Again, I think that one of the amazing thing is when you go someplace, a job is a job is a job, right? But sometimes that job is more than a job, and that's when it's a ministry. That's right. And a ministry can be amazing, and the people in it who are walking with Christ become your friends, and Stephen here has become family to me. And so, you know, I love him and his family, and I've known him all these years. And so, Stephen, we talked about how you originally came to the mission and everything, and we've also talked a little bit about all the transitions and changes you've seen and mm-hmm. and that, well, that you and I aren't exactly kids anymore. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Inside, I'm still a little, at least 30. Yeah, so, exactly. But, yeah. Well, I'm at least so look 30. At, <laughs> so I look in the mirror, yeah, but until then. Yeah, yeah, I uh, let I, me reciprocate that, uh, brother. I um, I consider you and your family as mine also, and in Christ especially. But and we're just uh, I'm just happy that uh, God brought us together. At, me too. At, in a ministry that uh, is is so meaningful. Yes, me too. Uh, Steve and his wife and daughter and Olga and I used to go out to dinner on a regular. Steve and I and his family still go out to dinner. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, we're going out. Well, yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, but which is a blessing as well. So over the course of the years, there's been a lot of changes there, and and we've had to deal with the COVID crisis, and uh, we've had family members, as most of you know, uh, in August two years ago, my dear wife went home to be with the Lord, and uh, I was sick at that time too, and the mission has taken a hit because of COVID. Uh, by the way, not financially. I, I don't want to give you the wrong idea. We never advertised about COVID, and you guys may have heard me say this before. Now, I don't want to give you the wrong impression that, oh, man, because of this COVID, you guys really need to to do something special. No, you guys did do something special. You kept us more than going. I mean, we had greater donations during that, and we opted never to advertise about COVID or losses from COVID. 
And it's a good thing because financially we didn't have any. But emotionally and physically Mm -hmm. we lost a lot. Yeah, we did. And uh, with families that got sick, everybody was somehow touched by the whole thing. And we see we're a mission, so we had to keep going. Yeah, we just can't close down and abandon the men that are under our our care. That's and, right. And um, and then uh, those who are um, our guests, the homeless that need still need to be have uh, um, services, showers and sure. services and uh, chapel services as uh, much as we could do and at the time, and we went through it. But if we did close down. And that would have been a travesty. It would have been a travesty, and I, I don't think that I am positive God would not have honored that. And so we kept open, and we kept getting hit by waves of this stuff. And it's it, and I don't know if it's over or if it's going to get worse, or I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't know. Every time we turn on the radio or TV. It seems like something, some new variant is out there. Yeah. yeah. But all I know is that missions are missions, and we have to keep on doing what we're doing. And so we have stayed open, and uh, Steve has been there through all this. And I don't know. We didn't lose anybody else. Nobody else died at the mission, right? No. There's some people that got sick that— um, to the point of having to go to the hospital and and get additional help. Yeah, but, Greg did. Yeah, Eileen didn't and, go to the hospital, but yeah, she got staff pneumonia. and and men on the program too. We had some that had to yeah. had to um, um, go to the hospital and, and be um, helped even further, and you know beyond the the headaches and the you know the um, fevers and all the other things that some people have gotten, but not too many. And then. But we we uh, hung in there, and and guys were just uh, those that were there that was healthy that kept the place going, mm-hmm. and uh, really um, wanted to just thank them. Those oh. some of them have gone on to graduate, and some have just you know gone on, gone on. <laughs> but still, no, they did. They you know they they hung in there and understood that we you know it's a ministry, and and we need to continue on, and they did that. So I'm special blessing from from them to us and and I know God blessed them in a special way too just being able to be uh, used by him at that time I I I echo everything you say and for me too I I am grateful for the staff that hung in there and you know I I mean I spent 10 days in the hospital and another I don't know I had covid brain Another couple weeks, I guess, after that, right? Mm, yeah, at least. Uh, I, I just don't remember. The board of directors yeah. was gracious. The staff. <laughs> I don't know if I told you guys, but there was a point where I thought, you know what? I don't even know if they need me because nobody's – I mean, they all called. Ridiculous. <laughs> but. They, they all called, <laughs> by the way. Yes. But nobody called with problems. Nobody asked me anything. I thought, man – it must be running pretty smooth without him, well, without me. But we were just picking up the gauntlet and doing the best we can. You guys did for sure. So, Stephen, uh, I suspect you're a you're a smart guy. Okay, I'm you, a wise guy. Sometimes you're a go wise ahead. guy. Go ahead, yeah. ask me. Yeah, well, that's in our family. You have to be. Uh, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
my son and I were just talking about that last night. But uh, at any rate, so there's a lot of things that you did, and there's a lot of things you could have done. Do you have any particular regrets about coming to the mission? You know, I thought about this a lot. I, you know, I still entertain that in my mind sometimes. Because um, at one point, I thought the, the best thing I ever done was when I went back to school to, to, uh, to a program to be a, a, a lab tech, a chemical lab tech. And I thought that was just the best opportunity I've ever had. I didn't go fully to college. I, you know, I dabbled there and went to the service and came out and dealing with drugs and alcohol, especially alcohol that, you know, I got this reprieve to do something with my life. And I thought that would be the greatest thing. But lo and behold, after I got in the job, got the training, got the job, I went back to doing what I was doing. Um, I just, just think about if I was successful, and I know God knows all. I don't know all. I don't know if I would have, would have sought him out. I don't know. If maybe, some, maybe I would have. But I'm looking at it in terms of he brought me here specifically that I will know him. And all the things that happened to me in order to get there, and I was on, you know, I was on the streets for a while and, and, you know, and devastated my family for a while before I even came yeah. out here to California, that um, – I am I am content, and even more so than content, I am blessed beyond measure that God brought me to the mission to save me there, and then give me an opportunity to to serve Him, give back, and and have a family that I have now, um, with my wife and my two my two uh, girls and my grandson, and I would not try to orchestrate anything different if I had to go back and could do it without Him. No way. And and I absolutely, I echo that. I mean, I started my life out uh, as a young man in, doing commercial air conditioning, and, and I did that for 20 years, you know. Uh, but I never regret the people I met that talked to me about Christ. The See, I believe you were always coming to Jesus, and I believe you would have come regardless because yeah. he put he his hand you, he on calls you. you. He calls you, yeah. And the same with me. But, you know, I've often regretted the path that I took to come to. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, because uh, I wish I could have been uh, saved earlier. Uh, but, you know, God's sovereign plan is God's sovereign plan. Yeah. But I just, I just, always think about the young guys that come out of college or go into college directly into seminary, come out and they, they preach and they teach and they walk with the Lord their whole lives. Whereas I was 28 years old and before 20, before I came to the Lord, brother, I, I, I did a lot of things. As a matter of fact, I have told people and you and I've talked about this. I tell people when they're given their testimony you don't need to spend 90% of the time telling people how bad you are. No. Because you just need to tell them about how God drew you. I said, so here's the deal. If I'm giving a testimony, here's what you need to know. You don't need to know how bad I was. I was bad enough. And so were you, by the way. 
But what they need to know, what people need to know, is how good our God is. Yes. Yeah. Um, your testimony doesn't have to always be about, I, you know, I was in, drunk. I was, you know, caught up in drugs. I was, you know, in, into all these things that everybody thinks is wrong. You can be the nicest guy in the world, but you still have a sin nature oh, that yeah. you've got to contend with, and you need God to, to be able to pay the penalty for that sin nature that you have, it, no matter. I always thought that, and it was brought to me a long time ago, someone had said that to me, and I believe it, that I, I generally love the testimonies that said, you know, I, I went to church when I was uh, you know, a little kid. I gave my life to Christ when I was 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever years old, and, and that's been my life. And, and yeah, I struggled, yeah, but, you know, but I never abandoned the faith those testimonies I love even more so than, and it's you know I got that other testimony, but boy to have that other to have that the former one that I talked about, now that's that's somebody who I agree with you know, you. is just blessed. I think the only danger of a child that that is in church and hearing it all the time is a lot of times, unless the spirit really speaks to them, they don't understand that they've got a sin nature too because they look around and they go, well, I haven't done anything. Yeah, but that's what the point I'm making. Yeah. You know that, you know, you understood that. Yeah. And you know you need Christ regardless. I agree with you. Yeah, and, and, you know, mine was not your story. I was not on the street. I wasn't ever without a job. I was, it was nothing like that. But I was, I was just as willful. You see what I mean? Yes, I mean, oh, yeah. just because... It didn't spin out of control right. like some of our guys on the program or guys that were in prison or maybe never never had a life. I mean, I had good jobs. I had a family. I had a house, and I did all those things. But I was your typical guy that, you know, I'm not such a bad guy. I mean, I don't go yeah. around killing people or beating yeah, up people or stealing. Things. I had a code of ethics. Yeah, You know, I— I I absolutely believe that what was yours was yours and what was mine was mine. And if you lost your wallet on the street, I would give it back to you. So I never, I never was. Uh, but here's the other things that didn't make me a moral person. No. Matter of fact, the drinking and all the other things that I did uh, proved that I was not a moral person. <laughs> you know. Uh, Yes. From the lust of the flesh to the lust of the eyes, you know, and the pride of life. Yeah, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Amen. I mean, that's why and, uh, I, that's why there was a time in my life being so skinny in high school that I got into working out, and I got into working out so hard that that can mm. become a form of idolatry too. Yes. And so as I got bigger and bigger and stronger and more muscular and all those kind of things, oh, don't worry about it. I'm not strong and muscular anymore. <laughs> but, but when I did, you know, there was pride that was associated with that, you know? Yeah. And those things lead you to all kinds of things you should not be thinking and doing. And so you don't have to be laying in a gutter somewhere to really be way outside of what God had right. intended. Separated from his, from his love, because we all have to understand we need a, we need a Savior, mm -hmm. all of us. Yeah, but God you provided, know, God the Father provided one. 
You know what's what is good about an experience like yours or mine? We know, we know we sinned. Yeah. <laughs> we know we need no, no forgiveness. Doubt. Yeah. And there's no atoning for it. I mean, what can I do to make up for it? That's what a lot of our guys have a problem with is they don't know how to make up for it. And the only thing you can tell them is you can't. Yeah, can't. No. As hard as you try, it it won't satisfy. You know, I heard uh, an old preacher tell a story about a, another old evangelist named Mordecai Ham. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, don't think so. I, I never had heard of him excepting for this story, but apparently in the 20s or 30s, he, he was pretty well known. And he was, he was uh, doing, a, he was preaching at a college or seminary or whatever it was. And afterwards, he's walking out to his car and one of the, the seminary students came out and said, Mordecai Ham. He said, uh, what must I do to be saved? And he was a little flippant about it, I guess. And Mordecai didn't even turn around. He said, it's too late. Now that got the kid's attention. He said, no, I'm serious. Uh, you know, Pastor, wh- what can I do to be saved? He said, it's too late. So now the kid is thinking, wait a minute. So he asked him, he said, he said, I, I, I'm really serious. I, I need to know what I need to do to, to be saved. And Mordecai turned around to him and says, it's too late because Jesus already paid the price. Now what you need to do is you need to come to him as Lord and Savior. But I thought the illustration is we're always saying that. What can I do? Well, you can't do anything except by grace— fall on the mercy of God in repentance. <laughs> That's it. Because you can't pay that price. Nope. nope. But there is one who can and is willing Praise and did. God. Praise God. Right? Yes. So, I agree. Uh, I have, uh, I absolutely know that Jesus is what? He's the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but through him. I, I don't care whether, you know, there's there's people out there that think Jesus is a is a uh, archangel. He's not. They think that he's the brother of Lucifer. He's not. He is the second member of the Holy Trinity of God. He is God incarnate. He has paid the price, and because the tomb is empty, we have, we have hope. We have, exactly. We have a living Savior. Mm-hmm. What is uh, what is the answer to world violence and hatred? Jesus. Jesus. What's the answer to racial height, uh, hatred and division? Jesus. What is the answer to to the crushing loneliness that some people have? It's Jesus. He is the answer for everything. You know, I we had a group of young people come out. And one of the things that we were talking about with them, uh, Rudolph had said that, you know, when he came to Christ, how much better his life got and everything, because he was, he came to Jesus while he was at the mission. Right. And, and all that's true. Everything did kind of turn around in his life when he, when he really believed that Jesus was Lord and Savior. However, I had to say, however, kids, 
Don't misunderstand. We're not health and wealth gospel. Because you come to Jesus doesn't mean your finances will clear up. The mortgage will be paid. (laughs) Matter of fact, sometimes you come to Jesus and things are actually get more complicated. You lose friends. You lose jobs. Family, too. Family. And, And so... It's not a matter of I come to Jesus and the sky opens up and birds start singing and everything is fine the rest of your life. Since you have known Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, everything has gone just rosy for you? <laughs> it did, but it always been struggles and there always, always. will be. But, uh, but we have an advocate. We have a, a counselor that he gave us through the Holy Spirit. A comforter. A comforter. Mm-hmm. And I can lean on him to get through those times instead of doing other things to uh, think that might help me and would, would give me grief as in going, say, going back and drinking because now I can't handle it. So I need something to stay me while I try to figure out what to do. I have, I, I go to my, my God and I go on my knees. Amen. I go into his word, talk to his people. And, and, and if he doesn't, eradicate what's going on and sometimes it says no but i'll see you through it and and that's why you can have joy in christ my grace is sufficient that's right when olga was in the hospital uh before she died i prayed every day you know like david did for his son you know Mm -hmm. and uh it was horrible after she died but never did she blame god and neither did i ever blame god you know uh it's what she said we have this advocate, the Holy Spirit, that is the comforter. And even in our worst times, even with tears rolling down our, our faces, there's a joy that nobody can explain. And, you know, it's like when people say to me, well, that that Jesus thing, that's just a crutch for you. I used to try to refute all that and everything. I just, I just tell people, yeah, what's yeah. your crutch? <laughs> yeah, good. That's a good comeback. Because somebody's leaning on something, aren't they? And I'm leaning on what? The everlasting right. rock, right? That would never break. So, so crutch, I, I don't even know what you're trying to say about that. Because he's either God or he's not God. Right. But yes, I yeah. think that everybody has something they lean on. Alcohol, drugs, right. my position, my beauty. I don't lean all on my those, beauty. All but. those things <laughs> pass away, though. See, yeah, they're not everlasting. That, that's that's exactly right. But you know what? I think one of the great things is I've always liked that saying that a, a friend's a friend forever when the Lord's the Lord of them. So okay. I know that I will always know you. I don't know what that'll look like on the other side of heaven exactly, but I know I'm always going to know you for eternity. I don't have to wonder, hey, man, what happened to Steve Jarrett? <laughs> So we got one minute. Anything you'd like to say to everybody, brother? Uh, um, thank you so much for your your prayers, especially. Amen. Um, as we 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 love to hear that people are praying for us, and we can see it. We can see it, and how the mission is is doing, and how we're dealing with guys, and and how you your you know the your prayers are being answered, but how things are being worked out in in our in their lives and our lives. Well, yes, and by the way, the gentleman that called the mission or called the radio station and said he listens uh, every week to the program and that he loves it, thank you and all of you. And so until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hands. 
been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.